Kentucky gardens are bursting with spring color this month. Flowering trees and shrubs are blooming beautifully in the home landscape, while various types of flowering bulbs are scattered throughout the garden beds. April is chock full of gardening activities to perform. Outdoor temperatures are cool enough that it makes for an ideal time to work outside. So today on episode 5 of the Sunshine Gardening Podcast, I am sharing four quick tips of things to do right now in the garden for the month of April. Stay with me as I explain some of these much-needed garden activities to help you get a jump start on the spring gardening season. Welcome to the Sunshine Gardening Podcast. This gardening show will equip and inspire avid gardeners with weekly tips and tricks to help them navigate the gardening world. The show will also highlight specific growing requirements for several plants so the sun will shine brighter over their Kentucky garden. And now, here is that ray of sunshine, garden enthusiast and horticulture extension agent, Kristen Hildebrand, with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. I've always asked the question, to rototill or not to rototill? That is the question. I get this question a lot from a lot of different clients that come into the extension office, and it's proven that excessive rototilling year after year can damage soil structure and even reduce the benefits of organic matter. Beneficial soil health builders such as earthworms and soil microbes are also damaged by it. So here are the things that I like to ask clients so that way they know whether or not to rototill. If you are adding lime and fertilizer according to soil test recommendations based on from our extension office, home gardeners will want to rototill the soil to about a depth of 8 to 10 inches to help prepare their garden for planting. Make sure to break up any clumps that may form during this process to help aerate the soil. Now, on the other hand, if your garden soil has good tilth, and that's from previous compost or manure applications, and lime or fertilizer is not needed, gardeners can skip the rototilling process. Instead, use a garden shovel to loosen the soil before planting. Later, you can use an iron garden rake for smoothing and leveling out the garden soil in order to make a good seed bed for plants. Remember always to avoid working the soil when it's wet. The best time to see if the soil is too wet is to take a handful of soil and form it into a ball. If the soil crumbles readily after being pushed with your index finger, the soil can be worked. On the other hand, if the soil does not break apart and stays in the ball form, the ground is too wet to be worked. Working wet ground leads to clods, which make it difficult to loosen after being dried. Plus, those clods greatly reduce the good seed-to-soil contact required for seed germination of many vegetable crops. I always like to start with the soil. And it seems like with April gardening task, soil is always the number one starter, especially for growing most of the plants. So now that you understand whether or not to rototill your garden, 
let's move on in to planting some other cool season vegetables this month. We talked about in episode two for the March gardening tips that cool season vegetables are what we can plant during Kentucky's cool season. So you will want to go ahead and continue that process by planting other cool season vegetables for the home vegetable garden. There's a whole list of different plants, but basically these plants like the cooler air temperatures of Kentucky, and they include crops like spinach, lettuce, collards, turnip greens, onions, beets, broccoli, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, carrots, early potatoes, radishes, and Swiss chard. Some plants will do better when directly sown into the ground and then thinned out after germination to help make for plenty of space and so that way they're not competing against the other crops that are right next to it. In order to have a continuous supply of these vegetables, you can plant a succession of these crops every two weeks if you want to. Now, I will say that for some of the cool season crops that we mentioned, like cabbage and broccoli and cauliflower, they will actually benefit from an application of additional fertilizer through side dressing. And usually those crops will need it about three weeks after transplanting. If you would like to have more information about home vegetable gardening in Kentucky, see the publication number ID-128, which is titled Home Vegetable Gardening in Kentucky. It has everything that you will want to know about growing home vegetable crops here in Kentucky. To view the link to this guide, make sure to see the show notes for episode 5. Now, if you're wanting to try a new spin on growing salad greens this year, maybe you want to try growing it in a salad bowl. Now, this is a fun project. It's great for getting the family and the kids involved. So the first step is to go ahead and select a shallow container that contains plenty of drainage holes, and that will just help drain any of the water away from the root system so that way we don't promote any root rot issues. Since this is a salad bowl garden, the container doesn't necessarily have to be round, but it does make for an interesting container. Window boxes and rectangular containers are also acceptable. Let's move on to the potting soil mixture. I, again, recommend a high-quality potting soil mix for growing lettuce greens in this type of container. Avoid potting mixes that contain lots of bark since this causes the pot to dry out quickly. A good potting soil mix will contain different soilless media components such as peat moss, perlite, and vermiculite. Some potting mixes will have slow-release fertilizers added in, but it is usually better to incorporate these fertilizers separately. Now, the fun part is deciding what plants to grow in your salad garden. Seeds can be started in your container, but it's easier to purchase transplants from a reputable garden center in your area. Several varieties of lettuce are available, including arugula, romaine, spinach, and Swiss chard even. 
Planting culinary herbs like cilantro, dill, and parsley will even offer additional flavors as well. Go ahead and space out your transplants about three to four inches apart in your container. Make sure to locate your container in an area that receives at least six hours of sunlight and check every day for watering needs. A good rule of thumb is to perform the finger test where you feel around the soil with your fingers. If the soil feels dry to the touch, go ahead and add water until it begins to run out the drainage holes in the bottom of the container. If it feels wet, you know that you can go ahead and wait another day in order to test again. Make sure to try to keep plants moist and well fertilized during the growing season. Harvest a month after planting by picking individual leaves from the plant. If you enjoy growing lettuce for salads, make succession plantings about two to three weeks apart to provide an adequate garden salad harvest. So that's something new that you can try. I hate to mention this, but generally with all gardening plants, especially edible garden plants, there's always the bad guys that are out there. And we are talking about garden pests like insects. So it's really a good idea if you've planted some cool season crops in the garden that you go ahead and be on the lookout for cabbage maggots, especially if you have newly transplanted cabbage in the garden. Cabbage maggots, um, just to describe a little bit about them, they have white legless bodies with a pointed head and a blunt rear. The pupae stage of this insect likes to overwinter in the soil where they enjoy feeding on small roots or tunnel into large stems of plants. When the soil begins to warm in the spring, these adults eventually emerge and then mate, which leads to further egg laying of this insect. So in order to control the maggots, you can delay planting time if you know a long period of cool and wet spring weather is predicted. That's generally the environment that they enjoy being in. Cabbage planted during this time is placed again at a greater risk for damage. We always recommend that you scout and closely evaluate around cabbage plants daily during favorable conditions. Young plants seem to be more easily damaged than the established garden plants. Make improvements to make sure that the garden soil drains well. Raising the soil four to six inches like a bed and place plants directly into the raised bed area. Some gardeners may even want to spend a little extra money by building a frame using wood boards or landscape timbers to help to support the soil around the plants so they will eventually not wash away after a heavy rain. If you don't know what a cabbage maggot looks like, or you suspect that you have cabbage maggots in your soil or around your garden plants, you can give your local extension office a call, um, and we can kind of walk you through what needs to be done and help you get the pest identified before we ever give you a recommendation. So just have us in your back pocket. Um, if you ever need to utilize the pest identification services. Now, this next tip that I want to talk about really kind of relates with most garden pests. 
And I don't know if you've ever heard of the term companion planting strategies, but this might be your best helper, especially for the defense of defending off some of those uh, harmful insect pests that we talked about, like the cabbage maggot. Utilizing companion planting strategies in the vegetable garden can offer several benefits for the home gardener. In this practice, what happens is you plant two or more plant species next to one another in order to gain benefits such as plant growth, pest control, or even improved plant flavor. It's even shown to help maximize vegetable yields as well. A couple of the companion planting strategies that we're going to talk about. The first type of companion planting is where you can plant herbs around vegetables to help invite beneficial organisms to the garden. Herbs like basil, cilantro, dill, and parsley help attract beneficial insects to feed and find shelter to help support various stage of their predatory and parasitic insects. Lady beetles, lacewings, praying mantids, and spiders are among those organisms that are attracted to aromatic culinary herbs. Not only are companion plantings good at attracting beneficial organisms, but they also draw in a lot of pollinators. Bees really enjoy the blooms of basil, buckwheat, and clover. If you are planting crops in the cabbage family, try planting other crops around it, such as aromatic herbs, celery, beets, onions, spinach, and Swiss chard. If you are planting lettuce for the spring garden, using crops like carrots and radishes can even help as a companion plant. Now remember, that the key to success with companion planting is experimental and observation in the garden is key. So write down those successes and failures in your garden journal to help log that information so you can use for next year's growing season. The last thing I want to mention with companion planting, and it's something that immediately comes to my mind, is marigolds. Several gardeners religiously plant this warm season annual flower every year for added diversity and to help protect their vegetables from harmful insects. Research has shown that the roots of specific marigolds produce biochemicals that are poisonous to minute worm-like organisms that damage plants and reduce yields. This benefit is noticed after growing marigolds as a cover crop and turning them into the soil. Now, you do want to remember with marigolds that it's a warm season annual flower. So generally, we can't plant those right now for the spring gardening season because they are damaged by frost. So just go ahead and have that ready for whenever we're able to plant that uh, for our area in Kentucky which generally is right after Derby Day, and that's usually the first Saturday in May or even the second week in May, but it's generally after that time. So just to recap what we've talked about today on April gardening tips, remember the uh, saying with to rototill or to not rototill. Answer those questions if you're incorporating lime and fertilizer or if you've already done that, where you've incorporated several compost or manure applications. 
And again, think about going ahead and providing a continuous supply of some cool season vegetable crops in your garden. Maybe try a new spin on things by planting a spring salad bowl garden. That would be fun for your family and for yourself. And then be cautious in the garden. Check for plants daily. Be on the lookout for cabbage maggots in the garden. If it's been a year that's been cool and wet, which this year for 2020 it has been. And then as a defense system uh, in the future and for this gardening season, think about practicing good companion planting strategies. I hope that you found this information helpful today. If you would like additional information on other April gardening tasks to perform this month in the Kentucky Garden, make sure to see the show notes. I have developed and compiled a checklist of garden activities to perform in and around the Kentucky Garden for the month of April. Hopefully this guide will help you see the different jobs that are needed to be done now and gets you a step ahead for future gardening tasks. To view the show notes, visit me on the blog at Warren County Agriculture. You can find me at www.warrencountyagriculture.com. Feel free to leave any questions that you might have or make any additional comments on the blog. Since April is National Gardening Month, I would love to see what you are growing this year in your garden. To help showcase what you are growing this year, post a picture on Facebook and add the hashtag, hashtag Sunshine Gardening and hashtag Growing in Warren County if you're a Warren County, Kentucky resident. I would love to see how you are growing your garden this year. It doesn't matter if it's vegetables, herbs, flowers, landscape trees, or even fruit trees. I want to see your garden plants. Again, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sunshine Gardening Podcast. Make sure to tune in with me for more gardening information each week right here on the Sunshine Gardening Podcast. Each week, I plan to share seasonal gardening tips and tricks to help gardeners reach their gardening goals and to help the sun shine a little brighter over their Kentucky garden. To stay up to date on all the latest episodes, hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to leave me a review on iTunes so I can know what future gardening information to share with you each week. To help sweeten the deal, the first 10 subscribers to leave me a review on iTunes will receive a gardening prize. As always, keep digging into gardening and remember to add a little bit of sunshine. Thanks for listening to the Sunshine Gardening Podcast with Kristen Hildebrand. If you enjoyed today's content, make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to catch future segments of the Sunshine Gardening Podcast. Gardeners, keep on digging and learning more about gardening so the sun shines brighter over your Kentucky garden. The Sunshine Gardening Podcasts with Kristen Hildebrand is a production of the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. 